Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back, guys. I was gonna, admittedly, <laughs> your, your intro was very, like, high-pitched. So I was gonna come off and be, like, also high-pitched, but I thought that might be rude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it, I, it'd only be, like, imitation, uh, and some people say that's the everybody. sincerest form of flattery. I understand, however, that you're just a dick. So, I'm Miss Piggy. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey now. Hey, watch yourself. Creamy. Rude. Yeah. Except not, because realistically, like, when I was a kid, I thought Miss Piggy was, like, yeah. the worst. Miss Piggy a bad bitch. But now that I'm an yeah. adult, I'm like, no, I respect you and your life choices, yeah, and she, she gets shit done. She's a strong, independent pork woman. She don't need no frog. <laughs> right? All right, so let's kick it off with some Marvel books. What Marvel books Woo. came out this week that yes. you was digging? So I had uh, number one, Invisible Woman. Ooh, um, sweet. Yes, which I enjoy. Um, I thought it was a nice, refreshing take on an independent Sue Storm thing. Nice. Like, they very early on indicate, like, hey, I'm Sue Storm. And Sue Storm Richards, excuse me. Um, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm a friend and a sister and a mother and a wife. And then she's like, but none of that is in this book because I'm doing my own thing like a CIA spy. And, and I'm like, also, oh. I'm also a blind woman whose stepfather tricked me into <laughs> pretending to be Sue Storm so that I could bang Sue Storm's brother eventually. That's all right. Is that how it goes? No. That's all right. Uh, Google it. Anyway. <laughs> and now Mary did the thing. Anyway. Um, Do your thing, thing. Yeah. Fun thing about this book that I really enjoyed is that yep. it like goes on and does its thing. Here's a little minor spoiler. It doesn't really matter. It's the first issue of a book and eventually you would figure it out by the cover of the second book. But... It talks at the very end how Sue's like, man, I'm landing in Madripoor, and that's crazy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's where Black Widow was, I thought. And then literally, like, she walks into a area with bushes, and Black Widow's like, I've been expecting you. And I was like, oh, shit, I just thought about you. That's cool. Sup, I'm Black Widow. So I'm kind of hoping that this is going to pick up where the Black <laughs> Widow mini left dope. off. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which would be awesome, because... Let's be real. Sue Storm deserves some, like, badass independent lady time. Yeah. Right? Like, she's been gallivanting the universe with her family because she's got a genius husband and a super smart kid. And, like, her kid could, like, build worlds and stuff. And it mm -hmm. was like, I'm a proud mama. And I'm like, yes, you are proud mama. And I respect you for being a good mother. But I also respect you for being a badass lady that could do secret spy shit. And that's awesome. Nice. So that was that was one of those books that I read. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. I saw that one on the shelf. It had a really dope, like, Adam Hughes cover, I think. Yes. It looked really cool. Yes. It has so. kind of like an old school spy type feel to it. Like, it takes nice. place in modern time. But it, like, it's got that has... Kind of yeah. And there's like kind of like a... 70s, 80s era espionage book. Yeah. And there's, like, a book. her talking to, like, a government official. And he's all, we don't need your help, Miss Richards. And she's all... You can try and stop me. And it, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice seeing Your her being able to be. And I'm the cure. And there's two different Nick Furies in this what? book. Yeah, the white one and the black one. Oh, nice. It's nice. It's great. I'm, I don't know. You got know. a strawberry one in there and you got yourself a fun weekend. Neapolitan Nick Furies. Nicopolitan Furies. I just kind of like Nicopolitan. Nicopolitan. That's yeah. kind of a cool word. It is a little <laughs> dangerous, though. This <laughs> <laughs> is a dangerous word. Make sure you don't get interrupted halfway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't be like, hey, fam, I heard a funny word, and then have like a hiccup halfway through. <laughs> you know what's a fun word, friends of mine? And then everyone ostracized. <gasps> yeah. yeah, that would be bad. Don't do that. But um. And then you get kicked out of the freestyle <laughs> rap competition. It's terrible. 
Um, here's some books I read. <laughs> <clears throat> so I read um, Venom 16 came out. So Donny Cates is back on Venom. Nice. Um, obviously, Absolute Carnage stuff is about to happen. So this issue's weirdly kind of wedged between War of the Realms and Absolute Carnage. Okay. Um, it's cool to see a book. I, I, I admittedly haven't read. I'm a little bit behind on my Marvel reading. Um, so I haven't read some of the Marvel issues <clears throat> that came out this week. Aside from some of the special ones and annuals and stuff. Like stuff that is kind of elseworldsy or set it at a different time, you know. Um, so it wouldn't inherently apply to War of, the, War of the Realms. So this was the first one for me that came out of that that's in the main mar- Marvel continuity and referenced War of the Realms, so that's cool. That's nice. Um, it still feels like War of the Realms is over, and yay, everything's back to exactly where it was. Um, but it's a cool... This is a cool jumping-on point if you've missed like a lot of the beginning of the Venom stuff. Um, it feels like... This is a cool jumping on point because it's kind of a summary issue leading into what's going to be absolute carnage. So it just picks up with who Eddie Brock is, lets you know kind of what the status quo is with him. Gives a little bit of hinting towards, you know, carnage stuff coming up. Um, But for the most part, it's just about Eddie Brock being Eddie Brock. Um, And it's Donny Cates writing it again. Granted, if you want to jump into Venom the Donny Cates Venom run, you really need to go back and read what's going on because it's going to be huge. And he's talking like he's going to just completely tear down the Marvel Universe in Absolute Carnage. I'm really excited to see what he does with that. Null, which is a character that pops up in the early issues, issue number three, I believe, of Venom, is big in the Marvel Universe right now. He's been referenced in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is also written by Cates, so that makes sense. He's been referenced in uh, Silver Surfer Black, which also referenced by Kate, so, or written by Kate, so that makes sense. Um, and he and was, in War of Realms. He was referenced in War of the Realms, which is not written by Donny Cates. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he'll pop up other places because he seems to be being built in this, yeah. like, prominent character. Um, I also read... This one was really cool and is definitely worth a pickup if you like either or both of these characters. Or if you just like really dope action books with a lot of gore and some of the coolest interior art i've seen in a marvel book in a long time hmm, i like, am intrigued shy of like chichetto and Dowderman, this stuff was just freaking cool uh, why did i put you so far away um so it's the wolverine versus blade special okay it's a one shot um which it's funny because my evernote still uh auto corrects one shot to one shit anyway um <laughs> So it's it's set in the past, and it's set during a time when Wolverine was on X-Force, so he's in his, like, gray X-Force ensemble. Um, the art is pretty old school, but is excellent. It's Dave Wilkins doing the art. Um, written by Mark Guggenheim. Um, and it's just really well done. Like, the voicing for Blade and Wolverine is really well done without... Both those characters, can, depending on who's writing them, can sometimes be too far into the, what their characterization is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Wolverine throws around too many bubs, and Blade feels a little bit too, you know, cliche black guy. <laughs> you know? Like, a little black exploitation. Yeah, even. yeah. Like, sometimes they can go to those extremes, but they don't go to the extremes in this. The art is amazing. Like, it's super cool art um like really really cool like i know dave wilkins has done a lot um but like this was just a really like excellent kind of old school gritty art well that's fun feel so pick that one up if you want something that's you know just a quick hey here it is kind of thing um and i highly recommend it it was really fun it was a really fun book so and wolverine's hair is freaking crazy (laughs) oh my god they went full like minecraft head with his hair like it's just like a foot out on either side and then like two feet up and then it hooks back down like (laughs) he looks like freaking bendy from bendy the ink machine (laughs) it is great like uh it's fantastic so check it out that's excellent um i have another marvel book to talk about necessarily to recommend so i had mentioned previously to you guys that the new black cat run had started um jed mckay i was really excited 
because Black Cat's like my favorite Marvel character. I am all about like, you know, using your female sexuality as empowerment and yeah. like being a bad bitch and like running everything. And she like took over all of the um, like crime. She was like head crime boss for a while and like just all this dope shit because Black Cat's just dope. And I was really, really, really excited about the run. And then I read the first one and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm loving it. Well, the second one came out this week. And guys, I'm not feeling this book. I really mm. want, I really want to feel this book. Like, I, I love Black Cat so much. I have waited so long for a Black Cat run. Like... Oh, I can't even explain it how seems... much I wanted this book. And then they put it out, and I swear to God, every character in this book is written like a frat boy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's literally one part where they're making a reference about Spider-Man, and two of, two of Felicia's, like, crew members are like, hey, we beat Spider-Man. And she was like... She makes a, like, crude comment about boning Spider-Man and basically says, Ayo! Like, you know what I mean? And, like, has this stupid drawn face on. And they're like, Ew, but doesn't he have, like, a spider face? And she's like, He doesn't have a spider anything. It was hot. And I'm like, Pardon my language, but what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> yeah. in this book? Like, I don't understand. I think what's bizarre to me is that they, like, they decided to do a Black Cat run. Black Cat has never had an ongoing series. Um, they weren't really coming off of anything. Like, Black Cat, you know, had a decent story arc in Spider-Man recently. Like, an amazing Spider-Man. Um, before that, she had, like, a whole thing where she was vying to be, like, Kingpin. And beyond that there wasn't really like a whole lot of like major black cat hype like she wasn't like a major player in a crossover event there's not like there was news about a black cat movie but that recently kind of got pushed away so there's not a whole lot of like like it's not like we just cast black cat and everyone's really pumped about it let's do a black cat movie and it didn't really have like an interesting creative team, kind of like the Black Widow book. Mm -hmm. Like that had the really the sister writers. Yeah, like the, right. They do like the horror stuff and weirdly got porn, um, <laughs> like some porn parody movie. But um, you know that was like a cool writing squad. Yeah, that's doing, an interesting. And so like that made pick. sense. But then like they do Black Cat, and it's just kind of everything feels average. And then you know first issue comes and goes. Not really a whole lot of additional, like, development on her character. There's not really any introduction or retconning of anything new to her story. And there's not really any, like, new characters. It's kind of just, like, all a bunch of old school stuff. Like, stuff that's just run of the mill. And I don't really know what they're trying to do to sell this book going forward. So, I'm gonna get real meta on our asses real quick. Oh, boy. Because I know exactly what's happening. We got a meta. And it sucks ass. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, the plot... Okay, the book itself is marginally written. Um, the plot is non-existent thus far. It has something to do with... Like, this issue was Felicia and crew stealing something from Doctor Strange's house. It was weird. I don't understand. The plot has not been developed. The characters are mediocre. The art is kind of just there. Um, the entire purpose of this book, and I can't believe I'm saying this on air. The entire purpose of this book was so that Marvel could sell variants for a first issue. Yeah. That's the entire purpose of this book. There is no depth in, in, in story, in character development, in art, in anything. Like, you compare this to the Catwoman... You know, Joelle Jones yeah. run where the plot is thick. She's being developed. The art is stunning. The writing is consistent. The voicing yeah. is on on point. Like, that's a great run. This was so they could have a number one with black cat titties all up on it. And mm -hmm. they could sell a bagillion variants, well, which they did. And it sucks. That's kind of my hunch. Like, and this might be a little bit conspiracy theory-ish. But, you know, they lost Bendis to, D to DC. Yep. Um... 
you know, and there's a lot of artists that are doing a ton of stuff with DC and a lot of really good artists yep. that are pumping out some really beautiful covers. Art Germ is doing mainly DC stuff. Like he does a bunch. He did Black Hat covers. He's doing a bunch of like Marvel variants as well. But I mean, he's doing like every Catwoman variant, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, you know, and they got Joshua Middleton over there. They got Jenny Frieson. Um, you know, so, so I, I kind of have a hunch that Marvel put Black Cat forward as a way of retaining J. Scott Campbell. Cause like he doesn't really do a covers that much, but he's doing a covers for this book. And then everyone has a virgin variant. That's his, you know, the best and then part of these out, books are the covers. He pumped out like nine exclusive variants. Like dude made freaking bank off of that number one. Mm-hmm. So I really wonder if someone at DC went to Jay Scott and was like, Hey, you want to start doing some covers for us? And he went and offered him a big old check and he went to Marvel and was like, Hey, unless I get some regular work, I'm going to go over and start working with DC. And they were like, shit, he's the only one we have left, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause they have some great artists in the house of Marvel. Like they really do. Like they're young, quote unquote, young guns, like, Chichetto and Dowderman and Cooter and Del Mundo and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, Garon. God, I'm sure I'm going to forget somebody. But anyway, their Young Guns group is great. They do great stuff. Dowderman is easily one of my favorite interior artists. Beautiful art. You know, and they get Art Adams to do tons of stuff. They still have George Perez pumping out stuff or repurposing George Perez's stuff. I don't know how that goes. Um, You know, they have Hildebrandt. They have Greg Horn doing stuff. Uh, you know, granted that helps you look away from the Rob Liefelds and the great lands that they also have doing stuff, but, um, you know, so they don't really like, they're not going to be hurt, but J. Scott Campbell's just such a name and he doesn't Mm -hmm. do DC stuff. You know, he does dynamite stuff. He does Marvel stuff, but I can't think of a DC book that J. Scott Campbell did. That wasn't like an exclusive, you know? Yeah. I don't think I can. Um, like, I haven't seen, like, a random J. Scott Car- Campbell B cover for, like, Batgirl or something. No, you know? I don't. So, I don't think so. Um, you know. It's it could, a valid conspiracy. I, yeah. I, after having read both issue one and issue two, which I'm thoroughly disappointed, it, like, it's not the worst read ever. It's just, it doesn't make any damn sense. Well, And yeah. so, after seeing this, the best part of these books are the covers. And if yeah. the best part of the book is the cover i bet the book was made for the cover i mean give it some time um marvel's notorious for you know if they announce something as an ongoing and the sales dip they either cancel it or they swap the team and get somebody else in there um they did it with spider woman that was a big time that they did it and everyone gave it crap because it was like greg land doing the art and it was garbage and it was just kind of like a cliche spider woman story and then they were like Hey, she's got a new costume and a new outlook on life. And then eventually they made her pregnant. But from what I know about it, that was kind of a good thing. It was. Um, it wasn't just like, a, she's a woman. She's preggers. And at least it wasn't like a Miss Marvel. Like, you're pregnant because I dream raped you or something. Yeah. No, you know? it was, <laughs> whatever. It was a better situation in the 70s with Carol. Uh, the last Marvel book I wanted to talk about was, uh, and I'm not going to say too much, was uh, the wrap-up to War of Realms, War of Realm, War of the Realms Omega, which Marvel does these Omega issues, which are like just epilogues, kind of teasers for what's up, up and coming. It was a three-part book talking about what's happening to Punisher, Loki, and Jane. I wouldn't recommend picking it up, to be honest, unless you're really interested in Valkyrie. Because it's a cool, it shows how she becomes Valkyrie. Like, it officially shows, should have been in the main book, admittedly. Like, the entire section that is Jane becoming Valkyrie should have been in the last issue of War of the Realms. Personally, I think that would have been a better place for it. Um, But it is a cool kind of, like, transference of the Valkyrie title to Jane. And you find out a little bit more about what happened with the hammer she was using and what that thing is that's on her arm. Oh. Um, it has cool. a name now. Um, so that's worthwhile. But if you don't really care about Valkyrie, and even, honestly, if you care about Loki or Punisher, not worth picking up. Not not a whole lot of development there. So Quick conspiracy. It probably was originally in the main War of Realms title. And 
Marvel was probably like, um, we need to sell this after book, so we're putting this in there. Yes. <laughs> Editors, man. What are you gonna do? Uh, let's jump on over across the pond. <laughs> or something. Or something. To, uh, the Dicks Collective. To, uh... <laughs> that actually legitimately yeah. took me a minute. I was like, what are you talking about? To, uh, Degenerate Cardio Comics. Let's pop on over to delegated cannolis. Cannolis? Yeah. Uh, let's take a ride on our magical spaceship down to Derek's Cans. <laughs> that one's it. Come on down to Derek's Cans. We've got the best cans of all sizes, shapes, and materials. Aluminum cans, three for a dollar. Tin cans, five for a dollar, only at Derek's Cans, just outside of Columbus, Ohio, 455-8294. I'm so impressed. <laughs> like, I want to laugh, but I'm more just impressed. Like, ha- have you done like low budget commercials before <laughs> like no, do you I'm... have a side gig that you haven't told me about i was just sick at home in the 90s at decent Mint. <laughs> oh that's a good point yeah one empire today non-spawn <laughs> this episode of cover b brought to you by empire carpets Fun fact, I can Ugh. sing the entire Education Connection Yeah, God, jingle. let's not even go there. Do you have any DC books? Yeah! Cool. Uh, let's I talk read about Naomi number six. Shit! Bendis continues. Um, and... Y'all can't see it, but I just shouted, shouted shit, and my cat just rolled over and was like, the fuck is your problem? <laughs> she did. She's She's laying on judgy. our switcher right now, which is probably going to result in a problem. So if one of us randomly cuts out, it's her fault. But I shouted shit, and she just looked at me like I, I don't know, stole her Titanic DVD or something. She, she's she's real cute, though. Something people get upset about. She's real cute and real judgy. Um, So, Naomi, number six. Um, Okay, I... I need this book to figure out what the hell is happening. Like, I need this book to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm enjoying the character, and I get the plot, and I understand that it's, you know, early establishment stuff. But we're six issues in, and I'm pretty sure all of it could have handled it in two issues thus far. <laughs> like, it's it's so much just people rambling. And it's cool in one aspect, and it was cool for the first couple books where Bendis is like, I'm really good at dialogue and making people sound like normal people because, you know, we all talk with you knows and likes and ums and shit like that. Yeah. So I, I respect that and I appreciate that and I appreciate you know, when like, a mom's talking to their kid um, and they're like, look, baby, I need you to understand. We need to talk about this. And I literally get that. Literally, the triple threat is how I start just about every thought that I have. I just realize that. Yep. I'm like, you know, like, um. Yep. Everything. <laughs> Every line. Shit, I'm so aware now. <laughs> I just woke your brain. <laughs> I'm shook. But that's that's the thing. Like, I appreciate it. But now I'm six books in, and because mm. of his super realistic dialogue, it's taking six freaking books to get literally anywhere in this yeah. plot. And still, nothing's happened. They have They have spent the majority of the time talking about nothing and being like i love you are you okay neck in like random parking lots like at this Mm. point i don't i don't naomi you're cool and i want to like you but get on with it okay do something yeah you know like be a superhero um, like what the hell you know like um the uh shit the uh I tried so hard not to say, you know, like, um, you know, like, uh, the, the, the message, like the, the goal, the mission statement for this book should be, you know, making this character organically fit into the DC universe. So right. is he at least pushing that or is it still kind of isolated in it? Cause I know the first few issues, it was like, that's oh, all Superman fight. Yay. So and, like the like, first issue, I don't, I don't clearly remember the second one but the first issue was very 
you know, Superman happened in my town. But that was six issues ago, a la like six months ago. And it's so far removed from where we are now, which is Naomi is a human from another Earth. Earth. And two aliens who are not from Earth. And nothing else has to do with anybody else DC related. So, Yikes. yeah, it just, at this point, it feels very isolated. Like, I get that he tried to ground it in Superman early on, but it took you six freaking issues, Bendis, to get anywhere. And now I just don't even know where we're going. Like, cool, she has powers now, but she had powers in the last issue. We didn't flip and do anything in the last issue either. Just go somewhere. You are dragging your feet, and I'm so scared you're going to straight up Mark Millar this, and then there's going to be, like, two issues of, like, super fast speed run, and then I'm not going to care anymore. <laughs> like, I... At what point do I stop caring? Like, hurry up. Your dialogue is great, but now I need you to time jump a little to, like, two weeks forward, and then shit's actually happening Three that hours. matters. Like, come on. You know, you talking shit about Brian Michael Bendis... It's like the comic book version of the song Stand by Eminem. <laughs> it kind of is. I'm having a really hard episode this time, you guys. Like, hey, Bendis. I having... just wrote you. You won't write back. Guys, I'm sitting here having to talk shit about Bendis. I'm having to talk shit about Black Cat. I am not having a good time in my comic life. Okay? Yeah, like if Marguerite Bendit, Bennett came out with a book this week that you enjoyed, I think you're, you'd be done. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> It'd be like, Marguerite Bennett writes cats playing with yarn. And I'm like... Yeah. Fuck this! Flip a table, kill yeah. everything, jump out a window. I'm out. I am done. Deuces. I don't feel like you'd be able to do the podcast anymore. Or listeners, it would be like, "Hey, welcome back to Cover B." As always, I'm Chris with Rodrigo. Yeah. C. <laughs> That's racist shit. <laughs> Rodrigo could be German. You don't know. I mean, he could be, but <clears throat> the only language I know, even a remarkable that reference is, of, is. Yeah, yeah is French, French, and I don't know any French Rodrigos, so I got, you know, yeah, yeah. and I I know very little well, Spanish. Well, it's actually, you misheard me. It's two names. Rodrigo. Oh. Come on down to Rodrigo's used window blinds. <laughs> two miles outside the main street of San Dimas. Our blinds are used, but they're like new, and they'll... Oh, no. They'll, they'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I was doing a Twitch stream, and I kept freaking doing this. We were playing Uno against AI Pudding, but we kept calling him Owl Pudding. So I kept breaking into, like, Owl Pudding's discount aluminum siding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's my go-to bit now, where I'm just like... Jim Stapler Staplers. <laughs> hey, at least at least you're good at it. Yeah, right. I I, I can't I I know so few other languages. I'm so immersed in English yeah. that all I've got is C. So, so T, I have a very important question. Yeah. Are you Leviathan? Oh God. Who's <laughs> Leviathan? Um. So uh, Event Leviathan number two came out. How is that? Uh, okay, so they didn't. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> they didn't really ask who's Leviathan that That's much good. this time. That's good. The predominance of it was uh, Batman talking to uh, Red Hood um, and relaying some info, some things that happened. But the the main thing was, and at the end of the last excuse me issue, uh, Robin seems to suggest that jason todd might be leviathan oh that's some shade thrown let's talk (laughs) so jason todd known as the red hood right wears kind of a spiky gas mask looking type thing with red eyes right metallic mask uh all red for the most part red hood cool lots of body armor right leviathan gas masky looking thing red eyes i believe metallic mask all red, pretty much. Lots of body armor. Red hood. Uh, 
world's greatest detectives. (laughs) So it's obviously not going to be Red Hood. Like, in issue two, they're not going to immediately start leading you down the path of, like, this is who it's who it is and then by issue six it's like surprise it was that guy we mentioned and have been chasing since issue two that's how mystery books work but for batman (laughs) too and they they give some evidence but literally the evidence like there's one like there's a bit of body armor or something that a, a leviathan thug has on him that looks like is very similar to batman's body armor right or the bat family's body armor huh and Besides that, Damien literally lists off the reasons he knows it's the Red Hood. And it's like, you both wear visors and you're anarchists. Do the math. (laughs) Oh, God. Your your Bat family exists on the pages of Detective Comics. I'm gonna need you to be better than this because this is mask profiling. (laughs) (laughs) This wouldn't hold up in, like, a bad episode of Law & Order. It ain't gonna hold up in the streets. (laughs) So, it's just funny to me that that's the direction this went. And it wasn't even, like, I was like, okay, you know, they think it might be Red Hood. They're gonna go watch him or, like, try to catch him doing something. Or, you know, him and Batman are gonna have a one-on-one. And it was very much him and Batman having a one-on-one. And then Jason Todd's like, you got any leads? And he turns around and, like... Batman and some chick I don't know and Robin and Plastic Man and Green Arrow and Lois are all right there like oh in question are all there like it's you stupid (laughs) how are you going to go for the dude that literally looks exactly like the dude you think the dude is (laughs) that just seems like Damien's throwing mad shade stupid um it very well could be you know, that Damien's just throwing mad shade, but it just, like, it was so funny that they were just, like, like it was literally, the, the book, everybody the else episode, bought it. The issue, so yeah, the issue ends with them all chasing Jason Todd off a roof. Now, I'm really excited about issue three because I love Jason Todd. I love Red Hood. I think he's a cool character. And if written well, he can have a lot of depth. And if there's one person I know of who can write a character like Jason Todd well, it's hopefully Brian Michael Bendis. This is true. Because That's a good point. he's very much a Jessica Jones type character yes. um, in his own way. And I think B&B could do it really well. Um, however, the whole lead up in Event Leviathan has been kind of like humorous in that it's like, it's a literally pitched as like a mystery featuring a team of the world's greatest detectives. And so far their detecting has been one whole issue of them looking at everyone in a room like you know just like fingers like you 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 hey 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 it's like that scene <laughs> in the most recent vacation movie where the different cops from the different states are all pointing their guns at each other like uh, 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 you know <laughs> and the whole like every other panel it was like <laughs> and then this issue is just them being like hey we don't want to we don't want to detect more you're rock guy my you know I'm starting to get worried that Bendis is writing too many things, and now he's just commissioning a bot to do it. Let's feed this bot as much Superman and Batman as we possibly can and see what it comes out with. It's like it's like when you feed a bot a whole bunch of like Target commercials, mm-hmm. and then you're like, here, funny, write a Target commercial. Funny you should mention that. I forgot to mention this in the Marvel section. So Amazing Spider-Man 25 is out. Kind of a cool launch point. I didn't really talk about it because... It wasn't as good of a jumping on point as I thought it was going to be. And it was a lot of like nothing really happened. Okay. Um, but at the very end of it, there's like two bonus stories. And at the very end uh, is they did that. They fed a oh, bot shut up, really? like a bunch of comics and had it write a comic script. And huh. then they did like goofy little art along with it. Oh, that's and so it's cute. hilarious. You know, it's like telling the origin of Spider-Man. And it's like one day or uh, death came for my friend ben uncle and stuff like that <laughs> and this is it's very funny so that that is kind of worth but, but i mean it's an eight dollar book so it's not really that worth it yeah, but, but if you're like at a library maybe pick it up 
Anyway. Or if you're um, straight addicted. Event Leviathan has been fun so far. It's got cool art. Like, it's very dark and mysterious. Um, and I'm excited to see the third issue because, again, Red Hood fighting uh, Batman and his cronies. <laughs> Batman and his cronuts uh, is <laughs> going to be enjoyable. And I do think Brian Michael Bendis, like, cool that he's doing Superman. Cool that he potentially will do Batman, maybe. Um, cool that, you know, he's doing Naomi and all these, like, side things that he's curating. And he's got all his, like, Jinx World stuff. And Dude doesn't sleep. Yeah, you know, cool that he's got Event Leviathan now, but, like, really, he should be picking characters that would be good for him to write. And characters like, you know, Jason Todd, and even, like, Harley Quinn, and even, like, some of the Green Lanterns, like, would be cool characters and for beyond. him to write. Yeah, so. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's... and, you know, he does well on the younger characters and stuff, so, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Batman Beyond would actually be pretty dope. Right? That's what I'm it. saying! Yeah. I've been saying that, that from the beginning! Cool. And I think he could do, like, Batgirl too i think you could do well with her anyway um so yeah event leviathan it's happening it hasn't really wowed me but it's been almost like it's almost a parody book <laughs> to be i'm honest. telling you it's a bot and i know like that would piss brian michael bennett off to hear that but it does feel like a parody book it has not been very he like, might, serious drama I mean, it so. might even technically be i mean he has opinions about crossovers you don't know this could be a parody book yeah <laughs> and he true. just didn't tell anybody yeah. So, on the independent side of life, there are two image number ones that came out, um, and they're both pretty cool. Okay. Uh, one of them is called Unearth. Um, I believe it's written by Colin Bunn. Um, it was, it's this bizarre, like, body horror, like, there's a, like, I haven't learned much from the first issue, but it's got pretty like grotesque it's the artist that did i believe it's the artist that did spread which is another like body horror type book okay um but there's some sort of disease there's like a cave in you know this desert mexico area i think that like spawned out of nowhere and these people these military people and scientists are going in trying to figure out what's happening and there's like weird monsters and like weird like ruins of ancient civilizations and stuff hmm. like that um, and the body horror aspects, what I <laughs> liked about it, which is weird to say, I like every time people are like, I was talking to people about the movie, the thing the other day and Great we were movie. like, you know, the thing very much defined like the standard for body horror. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, the body horror in that movie is so excellent. And then I stopped and I was like, that's a really weird thing to say, <laughs> <laughs> but I love body horror. I love it. I love it. It's so grotesque and like just visceral and it's, ugh. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so it reminded me very much of Junji Ito. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, specifically, God, what was the name of the book? I'm trying to find it, trying to find it, trying to find it. The one with the sharks? No, not the, uh, Uzumaki, the one with the spiral. <laughs> oh, okay, yep. Um, where people are, like, obsessed with spirals and they, like, fold and people turn into snails and shit. Like, it's, ugh so good but you know it does actually remind me of the other one too uh the one with the fish where the fish grow legs and start chasing people yeah because people oh, get all like bloated and oh, that's so and they get, nasty like, bloated Ugh. in this one too it's um so, gross. so it, it felt very junji ito um and sorry if i'm just butchering that name i don't think i am because it seems like a name that would be easy to understand but i'm also an idiot um <laughs> But yeah, so Unearth is pretty cool. It's got a really dope cover A. Uh, so check that one out. And yeah, it's Cullen Bunn and Kyle Strom writing it. Um, the other one is called Reaver. Um, this one is more of a fantasy book. Uh, also very cool art. It went a direction that I just really was not expecting it to go. Um, in that it's essentially like fantasy world Suicide Squad. So it's like okay. there's this it opens and there's this war going on and I say this all the time but it doesn't really give you a lot of like here's the world it lets you kind of figure it out good. as it goes along it's a good and that's one. awesome um but yeah it just kind of opens there's this war going on you find out these different clans and stuff that are involved in this war and then the like emperor goes through or general the general 
involved in this war goes through this dungeon and essentially enlists a bunch of prisoners to be like, you're going to infiltrate the bad guys and figure out how they do this thing. And it's literally a suicide squad. They find out that they've got like a poison coursing through their vein veins. And this one dude is going to provide them with the antidote day by day. But for a more permanent solution, they have to succeed at their mission. So he's going to keep cool. them alive each day. But if they let him die or if they turn on him, then they're going to die a horrible, painful death. Um, and that's, I mean, it's freaking Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally, yes, like, it is. if you take the, like, you know, fantasy world shine off it, it's like, oh, that's, that's Suicide Squad. Whoa. Um, but it's written by Justin Jordan. And it seems like it's going to be cool. Um, I mean, the first issue was very much what you would expect from a Suicide Squad setup book. But it's got great art, a lot of violence, um, some cool characters and interesting character dynamics. A little bit, like, some of them are kind of cliche. Like, there's the handsome, charming, witchy male one, you know. And, yeah. You know, and stuff like that. But, uh, and admittedly, the only females we've seen so far are a mute who is, like, hella violent and then, like, a savage girl. So, huh. I'm sure you could have some sort of feminist commentary on that, but uh, <laughs> I'll work on I it like for next it. time. I like <laughs> I like the savage girl. She she plays out like one of my D and D characters. So. Oh God, I like it. Um, so yeah, nice. Um, I had a number one in the indie world too from Ooh. Boom Studios. Um, it's called Ghosted in L.A. It's by written by Cena Grace of Iceman Acclaim. And drawn and illustrated, <laughs> and illustrated by Sub- Sobin Keenan Siobhan. I I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this name, and I apologize. Shobin. But one of the Gemma Holograms Chiffon. artists, so it's pretty and cool. This is very much a female-oriented young adult fiction audience type book. Um, it's a girl who moves to LA chasing after a boyfriend, kind of abandoning her best friend, trying to figure out her life, oh, has a I really right. bad time. It's Siobhan. Oh, I yeah. wasn't even close. It's Irish. Oh, It's cool. Irish. They spell things with bees where bees don't belong. Yeah, that, that makes Irish. a lot of sense. <laughs> I fucked up that accent. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Irish listeners. I just played you out like a North Englishman. <laughs> Man, I, I I wish we had some Irish listeners. Yeah, That'd right. be cool. Um, but it was fun. It's you know she she's trying to figure out her life and she's doing a poor job of it. And then all of a sudden there's ghosts. Like I'm expecting Sweet. this whole time, ghosted in L.A. is gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, ghosted like on her phone. And she technically does like ghost a friend on her phone for a while. Mm-hmm. But then there's like actual ghosts clever play on weird. yeah it was all it was all coy and kitschy and wink wink and i was like oh okay i didn't see that coming well it's weird um, it's honestly weird i don't know if this is just my general bubble or if this happens to a lot of millennials but i know so many millennials that have had that experience oh yeah where they're like time to get out on my own and they like move into a new place and they're like doodly do i'm getting my shit together and then they're fucking haunted <laughs> Yeah. Like, I have a lot of friends that are like, yeah, you know, my apartment's haunted. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of ghosts, and well, I guess they just relate like, to yeah, the millennial you know, I, struggle. I finally got up to be able to buy a house. It's a fixer-upper, but it's nice. Oh, it's haunted. <laughs> I think that's probably yeah. the real story, is that millennials can only afford fixer-uppers. And yeah. so we're always living in haunted houses. Yeah, yeah. We, it's what happens. We're, like, talking to our realtor, and we're like, can you find something in our budget? And they're like, I know, just the thing. And they take us to the house from it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, you slap some paint on it, and this would be a real quaint little little shindig. Is that a leprosy, man? Ah, oh, great. I always wanted one of those. That's fantastic. <laughs> Murder, well, murder clown, you say? Oh, man, it's just like Ma's house. As long as he cleans the drain and, you know, cuts the grass, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's Put not... Put you to work, leprosy guy. Yeah. Not particularly deep book. I mean, it's it's YA fiction about a college girl and ghosts. But, you know, it's it's fun, and it's a light read, and it's cute, and the voicing is good, and it's very relatable, and... Yeah, it's fun, light, you know, tra-la-la kind of read. And I, 
I'm fine with it. And it's pretty. I like books that are pretty. Sometimes, you know, we get bogged down in the, like, man-eaters and female furies of the world. And mm. sometimes I just want to read something that just doesn't make me have to think about all of my political beliefs. Like just, Slam. Yeah, Slam is such a good book. Yeah. Oh, God, I miss Slam so kind of much. Nice... It's about roller derby. I learned so much about roller derby from Slam. That book had great female relationships, and there was bonding, and there was supportiveness, and everything felt nice and warm, and it was like hugs, and it was great. Speaking of female empowerment, random moment. Just want to tell you, Paper Girls just got picked up by Amazon. Oh, nice. Booyah. Long time ago, Brian came on and was like, yeah, I'm not going to sell TV rights. <laughs> um, Liar. <laughs> he smelled so out that question. Millar money. I have a question, T. Uh-oh. Um... If you have a man with leprosy hang around your house and, like, clean your gutters and mow your lawn, does that make him D-Handyman? Like, D. Like, if ants fall. He's got leprosy, so his parts fall off. He's D-Handy. Stop. Just stop. You get it like, like he has hands. And hands. Stop. So deep. Just, just stop. I knew that joke was gonna suck, but I said it anyway. I said it. Um, At least last, you commit. Last one I want to talk about because I was really excited for this one, and it turned out to be as good as I hoped. Uh, so I'm really excited to see it keep going. Long, 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 long time ago, jump, jump on in with us in the wayback machine. Um, our TARDIS, which I hate to tell you is actually smaller on the inside. Um, Squishy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we mentioned a title called Second Coming, which was yes. going to be coming out from DC. Got attacked by conservative Christian groups, said they couldn't make it, or we're going to stop buying your comics that we've never bought in our lives. And DC <laughs> yeah. was like, wow, that's a good argument. And so they canceled it. Well, it got picked up by Ahoy Comics, which has been doing some cool shit lately. So nice. I'm really liking Ahoy. They were, a few weeks ago, I mentioned the Steel Cage was oh, the one. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was Ahoy. Um, so they're doing some really cool stuff with comics. And their comics are great because they're printed on like thick paper. And they're oh, like very nice. resilient to damage. And they've got like matte finish on them. Very nice. Like very, very good stuff. I hope Ahoy keeps going. Anyway, they picked up second coming um and it came out this week and it is awesome yeah it's very good it's definitely blasphemous um <laughs> as but, it should be yeah you know it's it's like whatever <laughs> you know it's just fun it's a fun storytelling you know it references how god very much is kind of a dick in a lot of the early Bible stuff. Yeah. And true. how Jesus is kind of a pushover. And it, it's it's fun seeing the characterization of like you know, the change between God and Jesus and how they like treat mankind hmm. um being like a point of contention between the two. You know what I mean? Where God's like, Really? <laughs> like you just let them hang you up there? What the fuck? You know? <laughs> and it you know, in the first issue they you know, he's basically apprenticing with this Superman type person. Okay. So, like, Jesus exists in this book while God is, like, creating the world. So, he's just, like, there. And then God finishes and is like, fuck it, I'm done. These guys are driving me crazy. These humans suck. Um, and Jesus is like, hey, can I give it a try? And that's when he comes down and he wants to, like, live as a human and, like, figure out his shit. Um, and it gives you a cool, cause there's a, like one of the cool things about the lore of Jesus, which doesn't really get talked about or like looked at because we live in a world where Christians really want you to just focus on what they want you to focus on <laughs> admittedly. So people don't really want to like anyone to take the energy to be like, let's think about Jesus as a man. Um, they want to just be like, you remember when he started talking about how he was the son of God? Focus on that and move on. Um, when he was 33 and then when he died and when he was born, because then we can get mad about coffee cups. Everything else in between, no. 
we don't talk about how he was probably just a normal carpenter for 30 some odd years um this does and i think that's a really cool like that's nice it's cool someone's ballsy enough to be like i'm gonna tell stories about jesus when he was alive because why not you know um so it focuses on that and it really like it makes jesus a character without being like I'm going to make a commentary on Christianity. <laughs> Let's look at how much of an oaf Jesus is. <laughs> like, he's still a... You like him. You know? Yeah. He's a likable character. You know? Because even if... Like, no matter what you believe, if you look at the teachings of Jesus, he's a cool dude. Like, he, he had a lot of good ideas as a prophet. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Messiah. Whatever you believe. Um, But it, uh, you know... It was really cool, and he's a fun character, and I love the dichotomy because this Superman-type character is literally introduced to us, and he's beating the crap out of these robots that are like, No, please stop! (laughs) (laughs) And so he's like, very aggro Superman, like very aggro Superman. And essentially, God's up in heaven watching him do this. And is like, oh, man, look at how badass this guy is. You could learn a thing or two from him. <laughs> and sends Jesus down to hang out and just, like, move in with this Superman-type character and his wife. And just, like, drops Jesus off and is like, okay, bye! And, like, leaves. And so, you know, the Superman guy has, like, taken jesus out like being like okay now we've got the element of surprise so we're gonna go in there and beat these guys up you know and jesus he like dumps a bunch of guys out a window and they're like unconscious and then he comes out and jesus is like i healed them and they're gone (laughs) like stuff like that so it's really cool um you know it it is gonna have religious commentary it is gonna talk about how like you know jesus probably wouldn't really dig that his followers worship the cross (laughs) <laughs> you know like it, it references that and it will probably reference like more things like i'm sure it's going to get into a lot of the political stuff and hmm. have jesus yeah. reflecting on like right-wing christians and stuff like that which i'm in um but it was it was very good again like we've said like we said with lois lane if your sensibilities politically lie on a certain direction probably want to avoid this book because it might anger you um or if you're very just devout in your christianity then it might anger you, but if you are willing to just have an open mind and dive in, it was a cool book. I really enjoyed it. And they don't, like I said, they don't paint anybody as like a bad person. Good. You know what I mean? Like they're not attacking anyone. You can tell that they want to be like friendly to people. Like they, you know, it doesn't have Jesus like picking up hookers and doing blow off their ass crack or anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, he's still going to be Jesus. So it's cool, but it's just might not be the more traditional take on the story. So, uh, but second coming by Ahoy Comics. Ahoy Comics, I want you to keep putting stuff out because you're awesome. Nice. So. Okay. Well, I think that's it for us. That is it. Big old week, but lots of good stuff. Lots of good things to pick up. Yes. Lots of lots of things to read and maybe some things to not read. <laughs> Fair. If you want more Cover B, you can check us out online on all kinds of social media sites and on our website. Yes, Facebook, Twitter, at Cover B Podcast. You can visit us at CoverBPodcast.com. We're on all of the main podcast providers, Apple, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Because mm-hmm. I spent a long time making sure we were on all those places. <laughs> I hope everybody has a good weekend. Whatever you set out to do this weekend, I hope it's successful. And I hope you end Sunday in a positive mood, ready to attack the week. That's right. Uplifted and well-rested. And until next week, we will catch you on the next episode of Cover B. Have a good one, guys. Bye, y'all.